I'm Sinead O'Moore, and you're listening to Every Mum the Podcast, supported by Water Wipes, the world's purest baby wipes. From fertility to birth, pandemic parenting to taking care of ourselves, here we talk to guests about their own unique experiences of parenting. The insane joy and anxious defeat, the love, the laughs, tears, and the moments we don't talk enough about. This season is supported by one of the most essential products for every mum. From that first nappy change to those messy weaning months, water wipes. Made here in Ireland, water wipes are purer than cotton wool and water and made with only two ingredients, 99.9% purified water and a drop of fruit extract, making them ideal to protect and gently cleanse sensitive newborn and even premature skin. As the number one wipe in Ireland, Together, we are committed to providing more support for parents with trusted products and this podcast. In this week's episode, I'm joined by midwife and mother Jennifer Moynihan, creator of the Instagram account at Pooch and Cooch. We talk about birth, transformations, being a pandemic healthcare worker, and when it comes to labour, having the best seat in the house. We talk about what drives Jennifer's passions for our maternal health, mind, body and soul, the impact of the restrictions on our incredible midwives who have gone above and beyond. And we talk about how even as a midwife, she was not prepared for the reality of motherhood. On baby number two, she was a different woman and flowed with its force instead of fighting it. Jennifer's warmth, fun and care shines throughout this episode. Her patients and boys are so lucky to have her. And we are so lucky to have our wit, kindness and essential support to enjoy here in this episode. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining me on Everyone the Podcast. And thank you so much for keeping our spirits high over the last, well, number of years before the pandemic. You kind of burst onto the scene with your incredible comedic talent, your observations of the funny little things about being mothers and have grown it to something that I think is doing a lot of good in the world. Apart from that, you're also a midwife. You are a mother of two. You, as you said, you had the craziest day in the labour ward you think you've had in weeks this, you know, in the last couple of days. You're just a force to be reckoned with and I'm so happy to have you talking to me tonight so much for having me it's an actual honor to be here as I always listen to your podcast and um, you've had some amazing guests on so I am incredibly honored to be sitting here tonight with you so thanks for having me start with the the part that makes me laugh <laughs> what made you say I want to I want to do this I want to show my creativity I want to create this kind of passion for yourself I don't know where, to be honest, this kind of came from, but um, I would always be, you know, writing poems and stuff for my friends for their birthdays and kind of just having the crack with words and making people laugh. I love making people laugh. Um, And in 2019, when I was on my maternity leave, this is before all of this madness took over, um, COVID in our lives, I was on my maternity leave and I was looking for um, some sort of a page that would be kind of normal would normalize kind of things that were 
in my head not nice experiences of motherhood but I just think we're Irish and we love laughing at things and we laugh off our maybe misfortunes sometimes don't we I think that's the kind of people we are and I just kind of wanted to create a space where um, maybe I'm not the only one feeling like this maybe there's other moms out there that are kind of sitting at home going great this isn't much crack is it and be able to laugh about that um, and the silly things that our kids do and which is which is happening in every single household but it's funny um, and I just kind of wanted to bring light to that and I suppose where the page came about is I wrote a poem in 2019 to enter a competition to win a lot of prizes um, it was like a big uh, first time mother bundle there was like buggies there was baths there was all these gorgeous prizes on Instagram to win and basically just asked um, tell me why why you were a good mother and why you deserve to win this prize so I had two friends that were expecting a baby and I thought you know if I win this prize I could half the prize between the two girls and this would be such a fabulous setup because it was their first babies so I wrote this poem about being pregnant and having a baby but I would say a line of of my life and match it with a nursery rhyme line and anyway, it just went on and it was very good in my eyes. I thought it was good. And I sent it off to this competition and they wrote to me and they said, oh, my God, this is brilliant. We want to publish it on our website. Um, but this is a UK competition. Would you be happy to pay for the, the, the cost of the shipping of the prizes? And I thought, oh, my God, here. I was so happy I won. And then I was like, tell me what the bill is. Mm-hmm. And it was it was a lot. So I said, you know what? Count me out. Thank you so much. Um, and I said, what am I going to do with this? So they wrote to me after listening to the poem, they were like, this is gold. How can we reference you? And how can we find you? As in, you know, do you have a page? And I was like, oh my God, do I have a page? And I was like, okay, let's do this. And Pooch and Pooch was born. They shared this poem. And next minute, all these followers started coming out of everywhere. And I was like, oh my God, this is insane. And it just grew from there, Sinead. And it's been, it's been mad, actually. What do you get out of it? What do I get out of it? So my aim with my page is that if I'm going to post something, I either Mm -hmm. want to educate, inspire or entertain, Um, because I think that's what we all need at the moment. Um, Things are, you know, I suppose women are not gaining access to education for especially women's health. I've obviously a massive passion in women's health because I am a midwife and entertainment because we have to have the crack. Mm -hmm. Seriously, things are bleak you know, with numbers rising and things like that. And I just want to create a space where we're not thinking about that for a second. And we're concentrating on what's happening in our own little houses and the funny moments that we're all having. So I suppose that way and entertain. And I suppose empower about taking control. If there's something in your life, say your health, like your pelvic floor that you're not dealing with, that you do go and get seen to, um, mm. that I make you realize what you're experiencing, I'm experiencing too. Mm. You're never alone in this kind of a journey. and. I suppose that's my aim with the page is to do one, two or three all together if I can. And do you find because of it, you're now not alone? Um, 110%, which is the maddest thing. I have conversations with women on my Instagram page I've never met. And I'm like nearly sharing deepest, darkest secrets with these women. I've never met them. It's insane. But I don't know this community um, that has some sort of been created or born um, in the last two years. It's, it's, a, it's a massive comfort to me. Um, anything I ever share, I always get so many messages very quickly back to say, oh my God, me too. And this is what I did. Mm. I also get lots of very helpful advice from me. 
um, if I ever ask a question, especially because my my children are two and four. So there's women that follow the page with older children and have um, more experience as, mm. of starting school and different things. And they're giving me advice, which I share for everybody. And it's just such a gorgeous community. Um, and women are amazing, Sinead, like they 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 really help. They really reach out. Um, and I think it's because I am very normal um that women I think would feel that it feel that it's okay to reach out to me because I'll respond Mm. I don't know would I feel confident I don't know messaging somebody that has 200,000 followers they're not going to get back to me you know they're not going to acknowledge me in my own head maybe Mm. they do um but I just feel that because I hopefully present myself as normal or very abnormal at times (laughs) that people feel that they can reach out to me and this community we've created um together is a blessing and I'm very very proud of it and I hope to mind it you know I I I really put thought into what I what I post and I think of the consequences of what I would post and I want to just create a positive space because there's enough negativity going on here isn't there I always wonder what would have what would it have been like over the last couple of years if there wasn't an opportunity to connect with women online if there wasn't podcasts like this that are sharing honest experiences if there wasn't like what depths of loneliness would we have fallen into without the opportunity to connect like this oh yeah hugely um i think because people would have just gone on pretending things are okay you know they're and putting on a front whereas i think there's so much access now to information and and people's stories which really connect to people you have um yourself shared so many different stories that i suppose it's made us think about our own consequence or things going on in our lives that like oh should i investigate that myself or god i felt like that or god thank god somebody has said this i definitely don't feel alone do you bring that part of you then into work into the labour ward, into meeting those mothers? Yeah, a bit. Like, I very much tend to keep my page separate to work. Um, but then there's moments when I'm at work and a husband might say, your TikTok is very funny. And I'm like, absolutely <laughs> mortified. And I'm like, oh my God, let's get back to business here because I'm mortified. Um, and I don't think I will ever get used to somebody saying something to me about the page because I feel like it's like a safe space and I'm a separate person. Um Obviously, I'm very professional <laughs> when I rock up to work, but I suppose that um, connection with me and the page is nice because I hope women would feel at ease in my company because mm. I hopefully appear to them um, as normal. What has it been like over the last 18 months being a midwife? You know, we've shared so many stories of pandemic pregnancies and births, you know, challenges to restrictions positives of restrictions you know we we've talked about it in so many aspects from the position of the mother of which I know you are but you are in this instance also the midwife yeah it has not been easy for anybody I think in any healthcare setting um maternity got a terrible hammering obviously um with restrictions of partners and midwife a midwife, any midwife, can never take the place of a birth partner. Sinead, you know that, but I suppose I think myself, my colleagues, certainly, and I'm sure every midwife in the country has gone above and beyond um, to try and help women even more so. Because you're going into something that's already 
in your head filled with anxiety you don't know what's going to happen you don't know how my baby is going to come what mode of delivery um and then to face the thinking am I going to have to do this alone because the restrictions at one point were ever changing weren't they um and I'm sure women that were expecting babies were googling every morning they woke up what's happening what's the visiting times can my husband come to the scans or my partner or my girlfriend whoever um and that was really I, th I think it kind of robbed a lot of joy for women in their pregnancies to enjoy that because it was such an anxious time. Again, I suppose with vaccination, should I get vaccinated? I'm pregnant. What should I do? Um, it just, I just really think that this pandemic has really, really affected pregnant women. I hope that we have, um, as midwives, helped somehow in that transition. As I said, we could never take the place of the birth partner, but I really, really hope that women felt comfortable um, women felt that we listened to them women felt that we helped them empowered them um, to get through something that was so so oh god it's actually very emotional Sinead um, like you've had a baby uh, you know recently it's, it's an emotional time to begin with and then to add this stress onto it um, I'm sure We'll never know the true extent of what this may have caused down the line for people. Um, podcasts like this, sharing stories like this will definitely help women. Um, but yeah, it's just been really, really tough. Again, for different parts of the country, even more so. Mm. You know, Dublin was very much affected. Um, I think we have done quite well here in the West. Um, but again, everybody perceives what happened in a different way. So if, you know, I understand if, if some women are very, very upset by what's happened. But again, on another level, women are incredible. Women are a force to be reckoned with. They're just amazing the way they'll take a situation and get on with it. You know, they're just really, really, they're just so, so strong in every way. Um, and we as midwives, we have a very, very beautiful position in life. We are have the best seat in the house, you know, witnessing this absolute miracle every day that we're, we're so, so lucky to be in a position and witnessing a mother becoming a mum, witnessing a dad becoming a dad. And it's such a beautiful, beautiful position to be in um, that we're all very, very privileged and very grateful to be in. But I just really, really hope that that has kind of shone through, you know, that we feel like that, minding women, empowering women and hopefully guiding them through the pregnancy and the birth that they wanted to have but it's such an extra pressure on you you know and i think that needs to be acknowledged you know that you are a mother of two who's going in to do her job which before the pandemic had its challenges you know demanded a lot of you because of how precious it is you know and and just the value of what you're you're doing on your shift you know you're bringing life into this world that's important and then to add this so how did you cope with the rolling fear and the news cycles and the rising cases and the rising restrictions and how you're going to keep your boys safe how you're going to keep you safe and then how you're going to do your job and keep all your all the women safe like it was a lot to carry yeah I think as a team, we did very well, say, especially in the unit that I'm in. Um, we all kind of just pulled together. You know, what's priority now? I think taking every day as it came, restrictions, different changes, different rules were coming in. Wear this today, wear that tomorrow. 
uh, come in this exit, go out this exit. You know, there was constant, mm. constant changes of rules and regulations, which was really difficult in a way. I suppose at the back of your head, you're thinking, will I be OK? Am I going to be OK going home? Mm. Um, you know, will I bring anything, as you said, home to my family? But like, you can't really think like that all the time either, Sinead, or you'd never go to work. You know, somebody has to turn up for this woman that's going to come in in the morning. Somebody has to be there for this family. Somebody has to come um, and help guide this couple through this journey. Um, and again, which, which I always, always, always say that we are so privileged to be in that position. Um, so kind of, I don't know, did it nearly reinforce all those values that we had about mm. turning up, being there, you know, being that strength. This woman is scared, you know, I'm going to try and relieve some of those fears. I'm going to go in there and just try my very, very best to do a good job. Absolutely driving home, you're having these thoughts, you know. Um, but I think because things were so, so difficult for the mum and she's the one that needed the guidance and the strength. So we kind of forgot about ourselves. Definitely, as I said, you are thinking these things coming home, but I don't think it ever turned me off. I don't think it ever, you know, I never, I, I have a very good support system. I have a very good childcare minder that was just excellent through this. I think she might have had fears, you know, about me mm. minding healthcare kids, um, mm. I'm sure. But she has been amazing, absolutely amazing. A very good supportive husband, um, you know, and I think all that collectively has helped me essentially do my role I think to be a healthcare worker you have to have that primal need to to be that source of of care and support yeah which probably got you know normalized and turned into the everyday until the pandemic and as like I can see it in you it's like that fire rose again in you it's like this is my purpose this is why I'm here yeah now we're never going to make money (laughs) at this you'll never be rich in healthcare, being a nurse, like a midwife or those um, healthcare assistants, um, they're amazing. But, you know, I, my dad used to always say when I was studying and doing my leaving cert and I had no interest in school, um, you know, and he's like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to go nursing. And he's like, oh, Jennifer, come on, like, you know, you're not doing much study. And I was like, no, dad, I really want to be a nurse. And he's like, well, whatever you do, you know, just um, find the job that you love and you'll never work another day in your life. And that is midwifery for me. Um, and I do think that's important. You know, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day how much money you make. If you if you feel that you have a purpose, if you're making a difference to somebody's life, then you, you're already winning. What is it like when a baby's born? Um, I'm really bad. I don't know how many years I'm doing this, um, Sinead, and I still get emotional. That's I not guess. bad. That's human. No, not to the point that I'm on the ground now. No, you used to tell freaking out but it's so emotional it's just such a gorgeous experience and as I said we have the best seat in the house you know when you're going through it yourself you're just you're so panicked about everybody else in the room and you're not taking in about you uh well I was anyway you know I was worried about my husband worried about the baby and didn't kind of concentrate on my own experience of of having the boys but watching that relief in somebody's face when they come out and they take their first breath or you never know what journey that couple has taken to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, to meet a couple, especially in the labour world, I think you're meeting them at a very, very special time because you don't know how long it's taken, what path that has taken, are the couple together? And a couple really bonds with you in that um, environment. And they also tell you their deepest, darkest secrets, you know, they <laughs> may have never shared, which is lovely because, again, 
the guard is let down, you know, you're let into that circle, that very, very beautiful and protected circle. Um, and you, I don't think maybe a lot of women might never remember their midwife's name, but I hope they will remember how the midwife made them feel. Um, and and that, that's amazing. It is, as I said, a privilege. And it's, it's just something that I don't think I will ever, ever really wrap my head around how the body can do this. It's insane um, how incredibly strong a woman is. Um, her strength, her resilience, you know, you're, you're talking hours, as you know, like marathon hours um, of really, real intense, intense moments. And still they can find joy and still they can have the crack. And just, yeah, I just will, will forever be in awe of women, of how amazing they are. I'm forever in awe of the midwives that have, you know, the women who were the first to hold my girls, you know, that safely delivered them into this world. And as you said, I think that relationship is so intense because there is nothing more important. And yet you're handing over this trust. And it's, it, it's endless. I will never forget the women that delivered my girls. Do you find that certain, you know, you must have delivered so many at this point. Yeah. Do some of them stay with you? Oh, of course. But it is another side of midwifery that we often don't give the midwives enough credit for. You know, you're there for that incredibly precious moment. But how do you heal from the times that it doesn't go well? Um, I suppose, again, this is not about you as in me, you Mm. know, but um, there's a woman that needs you. She has got to go through this journey that she didn't plan. You know, she didn't plan the results that, you know, God has intended other other. God or whoever you believe in or man above or whatever you um you believe had intended for for your little one and it is the cruelest thing that um any woman any girl has to go through it's it's just it's just it goes against the grain doesn't it it's Mm. just not natural um and again we're also very privileged to be in that position um to help guide that woman through that really really awful experience again I don't think Sinead will ever become okay or you know you will never I don't even know how to describe it you will never it'll never sit right it'll always be emotional it'll always be a fright Mm. to get you know it's it's just not nice but but thankfully for the majority of the work that we do the results are good you know and I suppose that that's what helps every midwife get them through but when you have that day and it comes um it's not nice but again you have a job to do you have to get this this couple you have to guide them through um this 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 birth and it's it's not nice but in my own um perspective i i i hope i i do it in a respectful way Mm. i hope i do it in a way that i made her feel comfortable that i was attending to her needs um and that I was there as a support for this couple. And it's, it's a very, very intense moment. Very, very intense. And I think whenever I'm in a situation like that, they're the couples actually that I, that I will never forget. Mm. Yeah, but thankfully, Sinead, that doesn't happen too often. 
um, and I'm very, very lucky. And obviously the couples that you have the best crack with as well <laughs> or the funny stories or, you know, as I said, they tell you the, the most deepest, darkest secrets and it's so gorgeous to be let in in that circle. Like it's gorgeous. How are the dads? They're great for the most part. They're great crack. They're nervous. They're so nervous and, and it's hard on them. Um, it's hard. A man, oh my God, the poor fella, he doesn't know where to look. He doesn't know what to do. You know, some of them, some of them are very like, you know, engaging and, and they're all about it, but it's, it's difficult. They're watching the love of their lives potentially mm. go through pain and they're like, oh my God, there's nothing I can do to help them. But there is them being there, them, whatever the way their personality is to support her, that's enough for her, you know, um, Sometimes they may need a little guidance as in how they can help, but majority of them are brilliant. They're so, so good. Have you had any fainters? Of course, Sinead. <laughs> <laughs> of course, but you can nearly tell they're going to happen. And to be fair, they're very good to warn you. <laughs> <laughs> so you can help them to the floor gently. <laughs> how does how does the mum react then? Is oh. she like, oh, for God's sake, would you get up? <laughs> no not at all it's the mums no you know you just know your personality of your your birth partner and um moms are great they're always caring about everybody else around them make sure he or she's okay you know they're unreal hmm. again the mother role kicks in straight away we rarely think of ourselves really this podcast is just one way that every mum can support you Another amazing way is with our free gift bag, packed full of essentials for you and baby, including free samples of water wipes, the number one wipe against nappy rash. To receive yours, just register now on everymum.ie. There's a free gift bag there waiting for every mum. You mentioned there how when you were giving birth, you weren't thinking about your own experience. Like, is it strange when you are a midwife and, you know, you've been doing this day in, day out, you know you know, the science, you know, the biology, you know, the training, you know how to be the professional. How how did you navigate having to like relinquish that control and that part of you and actually be the mother in pregnancy and birth? Yeah, I suppose my first time I went in though with the wrong with the wrong attitude because mm -hmm. I went in there thinking I'm a midwife having a baby, whereas that was ridiculous. I was Jennifer, I was a woman, I was a girl having her first baby. You know, I was no different to anybody else. It was the same process, it was the same everything. Um, and I suppose nearly because of the control and maybe having that knowledge, I was, oh, tense, you know, panicked. Um, yeah, just, oh my God, I say my poor husband was just like, would this one ever calm down? Um, and yeah, I had it in my head. I really believe um, that if you keep telling yourself something, it's going to happen. If you, if you believe that you're, you know, I kept telling myself, I'm going to have an emergency cesarean section. I am 100% going to end up in an emergency cesarean. And that's exactly what happened. And I nearly think that maybe I, I, my brain told me this for weeks and weeks and weeks that I believed it and it happened. I'm a real firm believer in, you know, if you put out positive vibes and positive um, mental attitude and thinking positively and um, go, coming in thinking whatever has to happen will happen. I'm open to everything then your experience overall will be enhanced. Whereas if you come in there, oh my God, this is what's going to happen. No, no, no. Negatively, then your experience isn't going to be what you'd hoped for or dreamed. Now, thankfully, everything was perfect um, and he was perfect. But 
I definitely now knowing what I know now that was so silly were you just being so prescriptive in your mind or did you feel that you were carrying because like so I have friends that are healthcare workers and I find that because they know so much more about what happens in the walls of a hospital that I do not I live in this naive little bubble where you might hear a story occasionally of x y and z but you guys see what can and can't go wrong like you know so you know so much more about this than most of us that maybe those scenarios are like playing in your head yeah, I don't know, but I had set myself up for a fail before I'd even started, she made, and that wasn't the right way to go. Mm. You know, it wasn't. Um, but thankfully, everything was fine. And I laugh about it now. You know, I'm like, what the hell was I at? Um, I was very well cared for. You know, the, I felt very well supported throughout, um, which is the main thing. You know, because nobody knows, you know, the mode of delivery. Nobody knows. The baby will dictate mm. how he or she is going to come when she or he is going to come, you know, and I think that is kind of hard for women to lose that control. Um, but I think by, you know, doing antenatal education classes, by informing yourself. Um, but again, by saying that not becoming too oversaturated by reading a thousand books, you know, stick to one um, path of education, you know, try and go to the antenatal education classes and inform yourself and familiarize yourself with the hospital, you know, if there's hospital tours to watch, um, especially I suppose now in a pandemic, that's what we're, we are relying on is virtual tours. And I do think antenatal education classes have gone up because there's no parking, there's no, you know, maybe having to, um, you know, you don't have to leave, you don't have to plan, you can be in your pajamas at home watching. And I do think that has definitely helped. Whether it has helped an overall experience, I don't know. I'm sure there's research going on going into that, but um, I think it's more accessible now to go to these classes and and try and be involved. Um, that hopefully will help women. And then, so as a midwife, your 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 job is like only to a certain point, and then you're not there when the you know when the parents are taking that bundle home. You're yeah. standing at the door going bye bye now. Yeah. Best best of luck. And that's where your education kind of ends. Whereas as the mother, you know, you were the one walking out with the baby. Did you find the reality of the motherhood post-birth kind of a, oh, okay, this is, this is beyond what I was thinking. Oh my God, yeah. I remember a friend came to me um, to visit and she has had two children and I was like, this is the biggest lie I have ever been told. (laughs) I was like, what is this? Like, what? Um... But I do think, uh, Sinead, just saying there as you're going through, you know, every mum that leaves through those double doors that mm. takes that photograph of the of the man or the girl <laughs> or whoever her partner is taking mm. that photograph, it means, you know, results. You know, we did this. Mm. We're, we're going home. I do think there is a perception of when those double doors open and they close that that is where the support goes. Mm. And it couldn't be further from the truth. But when you go home with your bundle, you think this is it, you know, mm. I'm here now. I've been left all alone. Mm. And I know they keep saying, you know, oh, it takes a village to raise a mm. child. And like, where is this village? Mm. It needs to ring my doorbell and, and come. The village are the people that you that you allow in to help you, to support you. Mm. I first of all think the public health nurse gets an awful bad rap. I think mm. people think, oh, my God, this one's a wagon. She's coming now. And an uh, inspection house, will occur. The house is a mess. 
Yeah. I haven't washed my hair. Yeah. There's dishes everywhere. The baby's nappies are everywhere. She couldn't care less. Mm. She's there to support you and your baby. But you do. Um, I remember feeling like a, yeah. an inspection was going to happen as though, like, it's all irrational. It's all hormonal. It's all like me feeling out of my depth. Therefore, I want to over show yeah. I've got this, you know, yeah. everything has to be perfect. Otherwise, she's going to look into my eyes and realise that I have not got a clue. Absolutely. And again, if you're sitting there with a full face of makeup and hair done, she's going to worry about you, Sinead. Yeah. <laughs> she's going to say, I need to come back again tomorrow and check on her. <laughs> yeah. Because it's not realistic, you know. Um, and again, that's very, very hard to navigate as a first time mom. Mm-hmm. You know, I was leaving with uh, Paddy and I think to my husband, they're going to let us go home with him. I know. And Joe, it's... like, he's like, yeah. I'm like, oh my God, like, there's no, there's no checklist to see are we all right? And he's kind of like, oh, my God, you're a midwife. And again, that was not the attitude to have because I was I was a mum. You know, there's a lovely thing. Um, you know, when a child is born, so is the mother. Mm. The woman existed, but never did the mother. It's mm. a whole new thing. Um, and that goes for every single woman that's that um, has the privilege and the honour to have a baby. Um, you know, it's gas. But going back to the public health nurse, she is there to help you. I was very, very blessed to have an amazing one very very supportive but it's hard to sh- to let that barrier down with anyone and ask for help or show that vulnerability and be- because to that point that you said about the moment where they you realize that they're gonna let us leave without me sitting that exam without yeah. them evaluating whether I know what to do or not yeah. and it's just that that transformative moment of like this is us now like yeah, it's exactly. on us we need to figure this out we need to keep this tiny little person safe mm. and, and that's overwhelming isn't it Even so that, overwhelming that new sense of responsibility over this little person is in was very overwhelming in my eyes anyway I was like oh my god this is happening you know um but like we navigated through the oh my god the madness of the first couple of weeks and then got into it and I think for me personally it took me a long a good couple of weeks if not months to settle into my new role as a mum I found the transition into motherhood hard mm. um again because used to control and needing to manage everything and and now my life was so out of control and and he was guiding us mm. um but he guided us to a very good place and we worked together it puts an awful lot of pressure doesn't it on um everything your relationship your family your now new status in the world you know it's mad um and I suppose I never preempted this antenatally mm. during pregnancy and I do think Sinead we put so much emphasis on pregnancy what to expect when we're expecting I have a little apple inside this week it's a, it's mm-hmm. a pineapple next week you know without saying postnatally okay what's my plan here mm-hmm. who's going to be on my island to help me you know, and I do think going forward, if um, any mums, expecting mums are listening to this, I think it's important to sit down with your partner and mm-hmm. say, right, let's plan this. Who's going to be on our island of support? And who's not going to be on our island? <laughs> you know, we all have those people um, that won't be helpful, say. Mm-hmm. Um, and to acknowledge it together. Um, I think yeah. that's a good way of mapping, you know, what potentially we could need here in the future going forward. Did you mm-hmm. do that husband? No, I didn't. Sure. No. The amount of wasted hours I spent assessing and researching what things to buy 
Yeah, I know. You know, okay. like it was all about it was all about a shopping list and mm. not about a care list. And as you said, like there's just I, I find the difference as well between first pregnancy and second pregnancy where that first pregnancy, as you said, like you're like you are just in the zone of, oh, my God, it's an apple. Oh, my God, it's a pear. Oh, my God, it's this. It's it's this big. It's this centimeters. It's this diameter. You know, I built a spleen this week and there's just so, so much internalized focus on what's happening. And as there should be, because it's magic. Of course, and it is magic it's, and it's nice to reference every stage. Of course it is. Completely. And but there is, there's no app for the daily after plan. No. You know, like, is this normal on day 10, 11, 12, 13? And I don't know when it happens, but at some point it happens when you realize as well, this is forever. Forever. <laughs> you know, pregnancy is nine months. Labor is as quick as you can hopefully hope for. Even the postpartum recovery phase. Yeah. But there. Semester. Yeah. But, you know, the motherhood piece is forever. And I'm having probably more challenges figuring out how to parent my four-year-old not my second baby yeah because it's all about this the the stretch of okay well I don't know how to do this so okay level up again (laughs) new phase let's go I know and they're they're changing and they're going through different experiences that you also haven't experienced so do we really learn through our firstborn I don't know I presume we do. Um, it's mad. It's absolutely mad. My second fella has broken me. <laughs> I'm like the first fella was a dream, and then we got Killy. I'm thinking, oh my god. But you know what? He actually hasn't. He's probably just normal. Whereas Paddy was so good, he was probably abnormal. Yeah. You know. Um, I think those great. second babies, though, they just they watch the mischief. They learn too early. You know, your first son had the company of adults his entire life. Exactly, yeah. It's gassed, like, it's so, so funny. We probably let the second one away with murder. And now he's running rings around us and laughing at us. But anyway. We're too busy. We're too busy to monitor every moment, you know. Like, I know, like, she's, she's, you know, she's, she's in the mix with other children. Yeah. Like, well, a child. Yeah. Um, you know, she's down on the floor. She's she's observing everything that my four year old is doing, mm-hmm. and she's coming on leaps and bounds because of it. But also with mischief. Of course, same, same. It's gas. It's gas. And I, I, I really have to commend our little people as well for the way they're adapting during all this madness mm-hmm. as well. Um, you know, like I have to say, the boys the minute they go to Super Value, it's straight over. You know, to mm. get the hand sanitizer, and mm. actually, Paddy called a fella back one day because he's like, "Hey, you didn't clean your hands," and I was mortified, but it was probably the right thing to do. Come on, um, Paddy. You know, but they're they're great. Like they just again very adaptive. Like they're they're amazing. And did you adapt then when you were so you we spoke about your first pregnancy? We spoke about that labor and how prescriptive you were being and controlling. Did did you loosen up for your second? Did you feel like okay? 100%. let this go yeah but again you're going into the unknown even though I was a midwife I didn't know what it's like to be the woman on the bed Mm. as in a personal experience you know second time round yeah absolutely and had so much 
of a nicer experience all all around everything was so much easier um I definitely I think in your first baby as well you really feel Sinead you have to do it all mm. you know accepting help is difficult mm-hmm. first time round. you're like no 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 I'm absolutely perfect demented with tiredness but no 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 I'll broken but I'm fine yeah broken but all is good mm. and then second time round, I'm like shoving the first fell out the door please take him <laughs> you know come back in a week no problem you know because accepting of help because you've been through this before um and they've all been alive mm. you know you've kept them alive before you're gonna do it again and I think it just you just relax into your role a little bit easier. The illusion of perfection is well and truly gone. Oh, well and truly gone. Forget that. What is that? Mm. Um, you know, but again, they these kind of listening to podcasts and and pages, you know, motherhood pages are are invaluable for sharing this kind of information to each other, aren't they? So that you're like, oh my God, I'm not alone in this. I was cracked my first time round and I was okay second time I can do this I believed in myself Sinead whereas I possibly didn't first time round and did Um, how did you feel postnatally then raising the second again was it like okay we've done this before 100% as because I believed in myself and I had that confidence of doing it first time round yeah everything was just so much easier with the second baby breastfeeding journey was so much easier everything whereas the first time I struggled with everything um and I found it difficult navigating everything for the first couple of weeks and months I thought was was just mad um where second time it was just mm-hmm. well there's definitely was struggles with not sleeping and you know yourself that sleep deprivation that nothing can prepare you for um was difficult but overall just such a, a, a lovelier experience I was the same I think the challenges were were as intense but they were yeah. so different yeah and the challenge was that there is just no downtime like the moment you're away from the baby I had this rushing guilt that I hadn't done enough with my other child so therefore there was just no headspace there was no downtime there was no okay nap is happening although when do naps actually happen but there was just no moment but like you the the, that confidence of like oh it's grand you know I wasn't overthinking everything I wasn't overanalyzing everything. I wasn't feeling like, should she have a vest and a baby grow or just a vest or just a baby grow? Or should it be this blanket or should it be that blanket? Or should she be in this? You know, it was like... If she doesn't I, have matching socks, she still will survive. Exactly. You know, like, what do you mean we forgot a bib? You know, like, it doesn't matter. She doesn't need a bib. But people will judge me if she's drooling and she doesn't have a bib. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody, nobody cares. Hears, nobody hears your baby cry the way you do either. Mm. You know, and that took a while as well. You know, I know from mums on the ward, you know, and they're like, oh, my baby was crying just in case that she's annoying the lady next door. I'm like, she's just delighted she, it ain't her baby. Yeah. <laughs> does not hear your baby like you do. And that's very hard to, you know, and again, it's something that we all have to go through. It's such a learning curve. It's such a transformation, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, do you see it in the moment like when you're meeting these couples do you see that transformation like live (laughs) absolutely Um, like a mother kickstarts straight into being a mother minding them you know keeping them warm and it's amazing like a woman might have never held a baby before Mm -hmm. but she automatically will hold her baby perfectly that baby will fit into the crook of her arm just perfectly 
Um, she would put her baby on to feed, like everything. It's just instinctive. It's, it's, it's amazing. Um, and she'll instinctively kill the husband because he hasn't put the hat on right or something. You know, it's funny. It's gas. And you can see this relationship already starting how it's going to go <laughs> for the first couple of weeks, which we've all been through. It's lovely. So you actually do see that dynamic because it's again, you know, I've only I've only been in a delivery room when it was me, you know, and yeah. I'm not conscious of who I am in that moment. So it's really so interesting to see or to hear that you actually do witness it. You see the woman, the couple, the relationship, the dynamic transform. Yeah, so lovely, Sinead. And whoever's with that woman that's just given birth is just bursting with pride like it's just so gorgeous he or she or whoever it is that got to witness or hold her hand or guide her through because they've also been a massive support to them even if they're at the side of the bed they wouldn't do it without them you know if they weren't there they wouldn't have been able to do it without them and that's so gorgeous to witness as well this person is just bursting with pride for this woman for what she has just done and it's so gorgeous and I don't think the woman actually ever realizes how much Mm. That person is bursting with pride for them and so grateful to them and so thankful to them for what they have just done. I don't think you possibly won't ever remember that now either. But as and I guarantee you, your, your, your husband was. I didn't notice it until I looked back months later on yeah. pictures. Yeah. And I was like, Absolutely. whoa, I've never, I've never seen you make that face before. <laughs> it's gorgeous. Yeah. And that's a lovely moment between a couple too, isn't it? It's, it's so lovely. If I had a wish in life, mm-hmm. it would be to be transported back to the moment that my girls were born and to, to live it differently. Yeah. Like to live it in myself because I feel like I was just outward. I don't know where I was. Yeah, but that's okay. But to live it and like know what was to come, know who they were going to be, know how I was going to be fine you know not have all the fear swirling to just meet them again that's the beauty of the journey you don't know what's happening you know I think you know the bad news is that it goes so fast the Mm. good news is that you're the pilot you know you you're the pilot here you and your partner are the pilot of how this story is going to roll out um and it's it is mad and you know we talk about you know they're going to let me go home with this baby and they haven't you know assessed us that we're Mm. capable of doing this um but nobody gets it right that's the the idea we all know we're all going to go home and make mistakes everyone's going to make mistakes but at the end of the day you will get it right for what for your family you will get it right for that baby eventually you know these mistakes you make are minimal you're not going to make major mistakes um it's just learning and navigating and that's just the beauty of it you know if you went back it wouldn't be the same it wouldn't be the same, Sinead. Mm. And what you experienced was amazing, intense, scary, anxious. You know, there's all these feels going on. Um, but at the end of the day, you did it. You're incredible for what you have just done. Um, and no matter what way a baby comes, a woman should always be incredibly proud of what she has done. Mm. Do you see that? Do you see women judging themselves? hundred percent absolutely and I am a massive believer in ensuring when a woman leaves my presence that she realizes Mm. I hope you realize what you have just done I hope you realize I hope you're proud of yourself I Mm. always say this I hope you're proud of yourself oh yeah what 
Do you mm. realize what you have done? And then I suppose they will think about it or whatever. And, and then that's where the partner kicks in and maybe expresses. Because sometimes maybe they don't express mm. um, how they feel after what just happened. Because they're very much out of it as well. This is a, a totally new experience for everybody. Um, but it is a privilege, Sinead, and it's a privilege to be present. We're very, very lucky. What about those times? Because I know so many women feel it and so many pregnant women are afraid of it happening. You know, there's this intense pressure of like, you're supposed to fall in love in that moment. You're supposed to have that rush. You know, you've seen hundreds of births. You'll know that it's not, just because it doesn't happen straight away doesn't mean it doesn't happen at all. And, you know, what, what, what would you say to women that are like either upset at themselves because of what happened and because of if they didn't feel it or are anxiously approaching birth feeling like oh my god what do I do if I don't fall in love and how do I know I'm falling in love and yeah, it's just course. such a minefield there is a lot of pressure isn't there to feel a certain way huge you, you feel whatever is normal for you mm-hmm. um you know I think after you have a baby there might be just exhaustion I'm mm-hmm. exhausted I can't be in this moment right now I have been going through labor or you know slow labor for three or four days like I'm exhausted I can't feel in that moment and Mm. that's normal um you uh, this baby and you're like oh my god what's just happened and out your body experience that's normal Mm. whatever you feel in that moment is normal for you love and all those lovely um lovey-dovey things will come over time Mm. You know, you have to get to know this person. This person is a stranger at the end of the day. You have to, you know, get to know this person and getting to know somebody, you, you fall in love with them. And that, that might take time. That may take longer for some women um, and some women it's in an instant. I don't think anybody should feel bad about it, but I do think, Sinead, we're getting much better, um, especially emotionally preparing women for birth now. Um, there's lots of perimental health midwives being appointed in various different hospitals in the country that are helping women to transition emotionally mm. and I think they very much highlight that fact do not panic if you do not have this rush of love that we all hear about on Instagram that's not normal for everybody maybe we didn't we didn't focus on that emotional change whereas we now know with rates um, you know postnatal depression and things mm. like that increasing that we need to acknowledge these feelings we need to acknowledge these emotional changes and I do think we are getting better at it oh completely I think I think the conversation has been completely transformed and really acknowledging what's happening for for both partners because yes for the mom there's definitely the, the hormonal fluctuations but the weight of the responsibility at a time in our lives when fear and anxiety is just it's too high it's too high to cope with without the added insecurities and pressures um of bringing a tiny little baby home <laughs> who we need to keep safe in this ever-changing crazy world ever-changing crazy world and I do think it's important as well Sinead that be careful who you follow on social media yeah. because in your postnatal life you're very sensitive you very. are very sensitive. Your hormones are all over the place. Due to you've given birth, you've, you've, your placenta has been delivered. There's a massive shift in hormones. You're exhausted. You're tore. You're sore. You're tired. There's so many different things going on. And if you're filtering in on these perfect lives and these perfect 
back in their size zero jeans going home from the hospital, which is normal possibly for those people. It's not normal for me. Um, and that can make me really feel bad about myself. Mm. So I think that was another, I suppose, element that inspired me to create my page. You know, I joke about these black knickers that we buy for postnatally. We're wearing them four <laughs> years on. I have a pair on me right now and I'm very comfortable. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> and that's important, you know, to share that you don't need, you know, I think it's important that you realize what's normal for you in your postnatal life and don't aspire to be anything else but normal for you. And well for you, you know, my feeling well is different to your feeling well. 100%. You know, you might, you might be fueled by doing something that would drain me. Yeah, 100%. So don't live so prescriptive around, oh, well, that person was able to go out after, you know, four days home because maybe their, their mental health needed to get out. Yeah, 100%. But, but maybe your mental health, is, it's kinder to, to do what you need, which might be to just sit on the couch. You know, there is, there is a sense of like, really tune in, mm-hmm. really tune inwards. Don't be so distracted by what's happening everywhere else. Mm-hmm. What does your body need? What does your baby need? What does your headspace need? And how can as you say the people on your island facilitate that as much as possible big time big time and what you're watching is normal for those people and you don't know what's going on in the background so I just think mind yourself care for just you think about you your family and your little network that's happening um and everything will be fine everything will be fine 100% it always is even though you can't see it when you're going through it it is fine well, I'm going to trust the midwife. <laughs> Please do. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. I know that you have had an intense week of helping babies to be born into this world, along with raising the two that you have. Um, mm. I know that there is bugs and all sorts going on. and Never ending. You need, you need your sleep. Thank you endlessly for joining me tonight. I absolutely loved our conversation. And I know it's going to benefit Anyone who's reminiscing about that pregnancy and birth, but also anyone who's preparing for birth. I hope so. Thanks so much for having me. Really, as I said earlier, I'm so honoured that you even thought of me. No. I'm so happy. Thank you. Keep making us laugh. We need it. Will do. Thanks, Sinead. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening and to Water Wipes, the world's purest baby wipes, for their support. Proven to be purer than cotton wool and water, water wipes are made with just two ingredients. Our 100% biodegradable, plastic-free and compostable wipes. And the winners of seven National Parenting Product Awards 2021, including Best Baby Wipes. So you can do what's best for your baby's skin and help protect the planet. If you enjoyed this podcast, subscribe, rate or leave a review. Get in touch with this week's guest, Jennifer at Pooch and Cooch on Instagram. Talk to you again next week for the final episode in season six.